This is Chris from Lenore City, Tennessee, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dollar Moore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, welcome to the show. I Doubt It with Dollamore. 275th episode of the aforementioned program. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me, the lovely, the talented, the ready to get the show on the road, Brittany Page. So just so you know, I may be distracted during the show. <laughs> Why? Well, I'm having a hard time peeling myself away from reading the comments. I, yes, comments. On Fox News links. Because this is, it's this a good is, time for it's me. It's entertainment for Brittany to do this. It's a good time for me. And then I read them to you. And then sometimes you like to guess where the individual lives. Oh, yeah. Well... You skew my guess by reading them in a certain voice. Yes. And I will give everyone <laughs> one guess as to the geographic location yeah. of most of the comments that Brittany chooses to read without actually having gone to their profile first. Yes. And that's not to malign our southern brothers and sisters. No. It's that there's a certain running theme amongst these particular people yeah that leave the comments not southerners because yeah. there's a lot of good-hearted decent and we've got all kinds of people who call from the south that aren't barbarians who can't find a logical thought with two hands and a fucking flashlight right i am finding though through the amount of time that i spend reading the comments several different um, nicknames for president obama you mean obama well, no, I saw one today that said, oh, vomit. Oh, Jesus. I get the same thing on not to jump straight from nicknames of our former president to me, like there's some juxtaposition. Yeah. But dull more like a dull knife. I, it's like a weird theme. It's kind of like Tommy Laren, how she always says, bud, mm -hmm. listen, bud, like that's supposed to demean the other party or something. Yeah. Or lessen their stature. Yeah. To call them by a name. I don't know. Are there any others or just Obama stuck out to you today? You know, I've been reading a lot of them and... There's, of course, Killery. I'm trying not to commit them to memory. <laughs> so that's part of the problem here. Well, something else I've noticed is just maybe a good tip for people. If you're going to have... <laughs> this is a tip from Brittany Page. Yeah. If you're going to have a loving, <laughs> kind Jesus quote as your profile picture... Maybe, oh, that, that's pretty common on these. Maybe refrain from leaving hateful comments. Yeah, yeah. Right, because that just gives me an opportunity to like screenshot your comment with your Jesus photo or your Jesus quote and then your vitriolic comment, right? That's happened to me several times in traffic here in Southern California where someone, especially here in Orange County, because we got a lot of harvest with Greg Laurie there's all kinds of Jesus stuff going on here in Southern California, in Orange County specifically. And I've been cut off in traffic, like aggressively cut off before yeah. several times. And then you look at the back of their car because now you're stuck behind them. Right. Fuming with rage, reading their bumper stickers. And it's all <laughs> kinds of, you know, Jesus fish and not not of this world. You know, all the, the typical shit. Yeah. If you're going to be an asshole... Try not to have that glaring hypocrisy right in my face after you fuck me over on the freeway. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good tip. The, both the profile picture situation and the bumper sticker situation. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, listen, before we move on, I want to mention that I was on another podcast. Every once in a while, some somebody with a death wish decides they want to have me on their show. And I was invited by our friends over at Nerd Out Loud, mm -hmm. Nerd Out Loud, Jeremy and Christy, and they kind of wanted to have a little roundtable, talk about Trump, talk about resistance and activism, and I told a few stories, or at least one that I'd never even told here, and it was a good time, just kind of talking about Trump in general, and there were a lot of topics and, and 
and happenings in the Trump universe that we haven't really had time to cover here that got mentioned. So if you want to go check that out, I would encourage you to do so. It is Nerd Out Loud. You can find their Facebook page. I think uh, they're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, everywhere the podcasts are. And I've also linked to it on our Facebook page. So go check that out. That was awesome. Thanks for having me on, you guys. I appreciate it very much. All right, let's get to some voicemails before we move on to the regular scheduled program. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Brittany. This is Stephen from Northern California again. So I just woke up to the news that... I'm going to stop it. How often do we get voicemails from listeners where that's the, that's the intro to the voicemail? Hey, Brittany. Hey, Jesse. <sighs> yeah. That's the, new, that's the new normal. It's sad. That's the new world we live in where every day you're just disheartened by some action by what I'm assuming is going to be something Trump has done. Mm-hmm. Betsy DeVos has been confirmed yeah. as the head of the Department of Education. And that scares the living crap out of me because I have four kids in public school right now. Um, I went to public school. My parents went to public school. We're all, my entire family is a product of the public school system. And it scares the living crap out of me that there's someone out there heading this department that in so many words has basically said she wants to do away with the public education system. And doesn't want oversight for charter schools. Oh, and doesn't believe in teacher unions. Oh, and let's not forget, she's one of the biggest contributors to the Republican Party in recent years. So we all know why she got this job. And it's not because she's a hell of an administrator. It was good to see the Democrats grow a spine and try and block this. I I fear that the way this vote went is how a lot of votes are going to go over the next few months probably until some Republicans start peeling off. I I agree with Bill Maher when I say that our only hope right now at this point is some sane Republicans. Oh, well, thanks anyways, guys. Um, Have a good one. Talk to you later. Steven, thank you for the call. I would would give you some encouragement. I don't agree with Bill Maher if and when he said that, that our only hope is some sane Republicans, because we have a hope in our robust and independent judiciary, which we're already seeing now, because as the time of this recording, the Ninth Circuit Court has, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has kept in place the stay, the refusal to let Donald Trump's Muslim ban or parts of it move forward. So we have a great hope in an independent, fiercely independent co-equal branch of government in our judicial branch. Right. There's also going to be other examples later in the show. I don't want to get to it now because... Ah, no spoiler alerts. Jesse will glare at me, but <laughs> I think there's many things that are concerning about Betsy DeVos, and one of them he mentioned in terms of her, her contributions, right? Yeah. And <laughs> there were senators that gave her a yes vote that she's given $98,000 to Marco Rubio. Yeah. Okay. $70,000 to Senator Bill Cassidy. These people who voted yes on her, who have received a large amount of money. Conflict of interest. They they have an interest to get her in there because then more money. It's problematic. Yeah. It's especially problematic when you reflect back on her hearing where she was questioned and she was incompetent in many areas that she should be competent in if she's going to have this position. She was woefully, obviously inadequate in her knowledge to do this job. She's probably a nice lady, even though I I would question that. Well, she's anti-gay. She she clearly doesn't want the government to have hold protections over over disabled people. That that's not the mark of a good person. Mm-hmm. But she's not qualified to do this job. And listen, going further, and this might need the disclaimer. Much of her billions was made bilking 
millions of Americans out of their money in, in their association with Amway. The multi-level marketing slash pyramid scheme. So uh, she, those kind of people hold a special place in the hell that resides within my heart. Because they're taking advantage of people who have stars in their eyes and only want to make their lives better. You know, it's fascinating to me how closely connected multi-level marketing is with religious communities. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's pretty fascinating because in Idaho, there's a lot of Mormons, right? So where I grew up in Idaho and my first boyfriend was Mormon and he was very into multi-level marketing. Right. And I would go to these meetings with him for like ACN. Yeah, it's the long distance one, right? Yeah, like something about phones. And I would sit there and he would talk about how he was going to be a millionaire and I would listen and (laughs) I was just 16. I was dumb, very dumb, but I was still able to be like, yeah, you're not going to be a millionaire. (laughs) Like this is not going to work out for you. Yeah. And I'm a very dumb person right now. You squashed his dreams, Brittany Page. I didn't tell him. (laughs) Part of the dumbness. Should have told him. Yeah. But <laughs> he's not a millionaire right now. He is everybody, not yeah, a millionaire. didn't work out. He didn't. He didn't go stick with the uh, the ACN. Did not. Yeah. Good I think, times. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. I don't know either. All right. Well, let's move on. Thank you, Stephen, for the call. We appreciate you. And listen, we share the trepidation. We share the concern, and it's all the more reason to stay active, to to go to indivisibleguide.com or whatever local flavor of activism and resistance that that feels good to you and get involved at your local level. Um, If you have a voice outside of that, then get involved at that level because this is the kind of thing that we need to spur the energy and activism in all of us. Hey guys, it's Daria from Houston. Uh, I just finished episode 274, which you released on my birthday, February 6th. Thank you so much. Um, but the reason I called was because one of your listeners asked a question as to what you would, what you're worried about in a Trump presidency, and I had to call and tell you guys. Um, the thing that I'm scared of is I'm terrified for my friends, and not necessarily because of Trump, even though he plays a huge part in it, but because of the actions people are taking in the name of Trump. I live in Houston. Um, I work in the Galleria area. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but 10 minutes away from where I work, there's an apartment building that had uh, notices put up on the elevators from the alt-right saying that the, all the uh, non-white people who live in those apartments had until the next day to move out or else there will be violence. And um, I didn't hear any violence, thank God, but still, like, that was terrifying because it was 10 minutes away from where I worked and the other day one of my friends who is a Muslim messaged me saying that there was a shooting at a mosque about I think it was like an hour or so from where he lives and it wasn't just one mosque there were two mosques somewhere in Texas that were about an hour wish away from him that were shot down you know like they were shot up and it's terrifying. You know, I tell my friend, I was like, hey, you know, if you ever need an out, like, tell them I'm your fiance. Tell them that I adopt you or whatever. I'm just like, I'm terrified for my friend. You know, I'm lucky to be a white person, you know, but, like, it's, I don't want to lose the people I love. Um, anyways, great show. You guys are awesome. Um, hope you both are doing well. And... I actually would love to hear more about Britney's past. I would love to hear how that influenced her. I know she came back from a racist history, and I'm not implying that she's racist, but I would like to know, like, if she ever has those, like, urges that she has to fight back. You know, because everyone does, but I want to know if she ever has, like, those kind of, like, trickling thoughts and feelings or whatever that, like, trickle in when she doesn't want them to. Anyways, love the show. You Both of you are terrific. Love you guys. Hopefully my audio is way better this time. I'm so sorry. Um, oh, God. Okay, hold on. I lost my phone. Hold on. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, no. Okay, <laughs> bye. What is happening? <laughs> what is happening? Oh. Can you imagine living the life of Daria? You know, Daria, Jesse could edit that out, <laughs> but he's not gonna. I'm not editing that That's out at all. That's the vibe that I'm getting. That is so good. You know, what's interesting to me is... When I... Hang on. I want to say before you get started. Okay. Um, 
I looked for whatever shootings and mosque uh, incident instances that you were talking about, Daria, Daria, Daria. Sorry, fuck, I'm so bad with names, and uh, I couldn't find any evidence of either one of those shootings that you're talking about. So I just want to, for honesty or openness' sake, we don't want to be putting out there into the ether bad information. So I don't know that that's true. So if you would like to look into it, audience, do do your due diligence. But I think that would have been reported more widely especially on the heels of the the mass killing, the six or, or nine or so that were killed in Canada at a mosque. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, so when I first decided to come out with this information, not even on social media, but I actually did it like a year ago. I had to do a class project where I talked about the... <laughs> Uh, development of my ethnic identity and, What's it and called cultural again? identity. A, ge- a genogram? No, this wasn't the genogram. Oh, right. Uh, this was a cultural project. And I debated on lying and like saying that my family was... Sweetness and lights? Yeah. Roses and sunshine? Yeah. One of my <laughs> one of my best friends said, do you want to use my family and just say that, oh, you yeah. know... <laughs> Um, but I decided to tell the truth and, and show pictures and, you know, people were, were pretty surprised. Mouth agape. And some of my, my family said to me, aren't you worried about doing this because people are going to think that you're racist still? And I said, uh, that's kind of a weird thing to say. No, I hadn't considered that. And this is actually the first time I've been asked this question. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So I would say... That, no, generally I don't have um, lingering racist thoughts. That creep in. Right. And, um, I mean, I, I guess it depends on what you're talking about, right? Because I think that some people, like we talked about before, kind of conflate two different issues, right? Bias and prejudice. Well, that too, but also my Uncle Gary is racist versus what I was indoctrinated with. Oh, right, right, right. So I was told the Holocaust never happened. I couldn't be in Idaho history learning about the Indians. I couldn't watch Sesame Street or Barney because it was too multicultural. So I was very protected from that. And I think it first broke through when I started middle school. And there were like two black kids at my school because I lived in Idaho. Right, it's Idaho. And (laughs) (laughs) which is why your parents moved to to Idaho from California. Right. And one of them was my friend. I became really close with her, actually. And we used to go to this underage dance club and dance. And I was really close with her. Fucking nerd. And I think that (laughs) that's when I started to see that what my parents had been saying wasn't right. Right, right. And then it was just kind of like a domino effect of rather than holding on to protecting my family, I started to get frustrated and realize my family was white trash and had actually done me a disservice. Sure, yeah. And of I needed to uh, correct all of that. So, no, I think I actually have more compassion now because I see what these racist people can can do. Uh, the things that they say, the things they believe, and how detrimental it is. And, you know, I... Well, I could also say this, that when we took the Harvard implicit bias test, you, I actually took it and got, um, I don't know what the levels were, but I wasn't free of bias. I had like a, I don't, know the, I don't think it was a significant bias, but I registered moderate bias against race in the race category. Mm-hmm. I think the whole thing was race but you didn't have any recognizable bias. That's what my result was. <laughs> That's what your result was. So yeah. if you don't have a bias, I don't know how it would work that you... Because it's kind of like this. Not all people with bias are racists, but all racists have a bias. That's well, just the way it is. Think of it this way, too. I was raised my whole life with this issue at the forefront. So I've spent a lot more time... Actually thinking about it. Thinking about it yeah. and undoing the work, um, undoing that unlearning right it's programming and, it's disinformation and i think a lot of people are just kind of on autopilot and their uncle gary that's racist again sorry gary and <laughs> they they kind of grow up with that and since it's not too bad they don't really ever need to challenge it or really think about it that much um almost since it was more serious with me it was foundational 
you know, it's, you were you were raised. It's like raising a kid up from when from the time they're a baby. Tell them the sky is yellow, right? And then them having to unlearn that that color is not yellow; it's blue, right? So it was kind of a a long process yeah. that has been very beneficial for me. I think. Yeah, that's awesome. But even as recent as those episodes when we were talking about um, Trayvon Martin and stuff like that, I there, I did still hang on to like ideals of the police being good and things like that. For sure. Um, inciting with the police in a lot of cases. And that's been something very recently that I've also evolved on where I used to trust the police because they came to help me when, when my family was, you know, going crazy with violence. And I started to realize that that's not the situation for for all people. Right. And that they are violent and kill people, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we're going off the rails here. <laughs> At least this time it's you. Yeah. Hopefully I answered the question. I don't and know. And not me. Listen, we have a few other voicemails that I'm going to, I'm going to push until, until next episode because we, we got some others and I still am taking, I want to know what people, uh, what their Trump fears are, what their Trump trepidations are. And we'll, we'll push those until the weekend episode. We do have one more email, and I thought this was awesome. It is a, a listener, Gabriel, who wrote a little a little deal about why Brittany is the best part. Here we go. <laughs> In every great duo, there is both a straight man and a more bombastic partner. Jerry Seinfeld seemed much funnier when, const- when contrasted against George Costanza. Johnny Carson is a shining beacon compared to Ed McMahon. Or watch any episode of Key and Peele. The role of straight man is is one that Britney feels per- is one that Britney fills perfectly. So when Jesse goes off with the comment like "fuck this guy, he's a fucking piece of shit," <laughs> I, that might be a direct quote. Britney. <laughs> Britney will then temper it with a simple "yeah, he's not great," <laughs> which which makes oh for a God. great dynamic. Mm-hmm. Or to assign different labels, Britney is the news. And Jesse is the ridiculous commentary. <laughs> everyone loves Penn and Teller, and while Penn may be the mouthpiece, Teller is the one everyone remembers most. Keep up the good work, love the show, and you know the rest. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Oh, it's very nice. Yeah. Thank I thought you. that was pretty good. Yeah, that was great. Thank and you, I Gabriel. Can't, I can't read very good. <laughs> I'm not a very good reader. Well, you haven't been practicing for 200 and some episodes. 200 some. We're almost to 300. We're over 300 episodes, turd sandwich. Uh, okay. All right. Got it. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move this show on the along on the road along. Support for I doubt it with Dolomore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode, as much or as little as you'd like. Comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward, one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. How do you how do you like getting getting ambushed? By me not alerting you that that question was was in uh, Dari's email. I was for sure ambushed, and I'm not happy about it. I'm sweating right now. Are you really? Yeah. Come on. I am. You have nothing to... I don't think it's any... I mean, it's a big deal. Your life is a... Brittany is, is needing to write a book because there are amazingly horrific things that I think the world needs to know... Because it would be a story of of re- resilience and and coming out on top and survival. It's fucking awesome. You know me. I, I can't. It, it, I get choked up. So I think it's great. And I think the world needs to know and our audience. I don't know if you know. Eh, they're a part of the world. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling pretty uncomfortable at the moment. So <laughs> that's good. Good times. So speaking of the Patreon mid-roll that just that just went. If you guys want to support the show, look, we'd love to have you. We are inching our way closer and closer through our Patreon and, and PayPal patronage. That's a lot of peas. To to that $250 per episode mark, which then we will do three episodes a week. So we love you guys. We appreciate you. Other ways you can support the show or buying a mug, dollamore.com slash shop. Yeah, I also want to say that we have two Google Hangouts. Oh, yeah, and the Google Hangouts for the Patreon and PayPal people. Right, so I I, I sent this out a month in advance, 
and then a week in advance as well. So I'm trying to do this in advance thing. This announcement isn't really in advance because it's tomorrow, the Hangout Friday, February 10th at 8 p.m. And these are Pacific Standard Time. Right. And then Saturday, February 11th at 9 a.m. our time. So we will send the link out a couple minutes prior on Patreon. That's how you will be able to access the Hangout. And we will send it to the Patreon and PayPal supporters. And I have a message for Sharif. Oh, yeah, Sharif. Hi, Sharif. Sorry to do this to you, but... Well, direct <laughs> message. I have tried to message you on Patreon, and your, your... Your stickers got returned. They did. So we need an updated address for you. Um, please send it to us. Get it done, son. Check your email, sir. <laughs> Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Well, of course, we're going to deal with some lies, some Donald Trump lies, and there were several this week. The first being that the media is complicit in the non-reporting of terrorist activity. He said to a group that the media just does not cover many terrorist attacks across the globe because they have some motivation, because it benefits them not to, which doesn't make sense in the slightest. It doesn't make sense at all. In fact, the people that critique the media say the complete opposite, that they spend too much time reporting terrorist attacks and actually cause people to believe that they're more common than they really are because of the amount of time that they spend reporting on them. Yeah, which which (laughs) makes some sense. Yeah. It's, they create a disproportionate um, response or or image in someone's mind. Yeah. So Jake Tapper, today's going to be filled with some JTAP. One, because I love JTAP. Two, because this is my fucking show and I'll put whichever reporter on that I like. And three, because Brittany loves JTAP. And Brittany loves JTAP. And also <laughs> Brittany got a little concerned when I start getting aggressive to the audience. I saw the, the eyes starting to twitch. There was no concern right. or twitching. So JTAP, was on with Kellyanne Conway the first time she's been back since the White House stopped sending anyone to be on CNN. And he took her to task about a few things. In this first clip, they talk about that very topic that we just mentioned about Donald Trump's lie about the media not reporting. I want to play that clip again in which President Trump yesterday was talking about media coverage of terrorist attacks. Let's roll the tape. You've seen what happened in Paris and Nice All over Europe, it's happening. It's gotten to a point where it's not even being reported. And in many cases, the very, very dishonest press doesn't want to report it. They have their reasons, and you understand that. After he said that, the White House released a list of the attacks that he was supposedly referring to as, in his words, not even being reported. I want to put up some footage uh, of CNN reporters covering the attacks on that list. I spent two weeks in Paris in 2015 reporting on the attacks. We also see on the screen dozens of my colleagues, uh, Allison Camerata covering the bombings in Brussels, Chris Cuomo uh, and Anderson Cooper reporting on the supermarket attack in Paris, Brooke, ba- Brooke Baldwin covering the attack in Nice, Flick- Victor Blackwell reporting on the shootings in San Bernardino. Kellyanne, CNN and other media organizations cover terrorism around the world all the time. Saying that we don't cover terrorism, that's just false. What the president is saying there, Jake, is that there are other attacks that don't get as much coverage. Obviously, the very sad incidents that you related were, frankly, CNN did amazing coverage for weeks at a time. I saw you all there on the ground um, doing that and telling the human interest stories and the tragic stories and, frankly, the involvement of the terrorists in those brutal attacks. Those get coverage. The other ones on the list, not so much. I think his point is twofold. Those ones were on the list, but the ones I just recited for you were on the list. Absolutely. Oh, no. And I'm saying the ones that have high casualties like Nice and Brussels and certainly Paris and the like, those are covered extensively by all media outlets as well. They should be. It's the other ones on the list. I think he's making two points here. One is that we just can't allow ourselves to become inured to terrorist attacks, to see it as the new normal. Um, and so if we're not covering all of the you know, many different attacks and that they're all ISIL-inspired attacks, in this case, the ones that he was referring to in the list that was generated, as I understand, Jake, then we don't want to, we don't, we want people to realize that then that's what leads him to want extreme vetting from seven narrowly prescribed 
countries in a very temporary way. Number two, the point that he is making is, according to the Tyndall Report and other sources, we have inordinate coverage on on uh, on President on excuse me uh, candidate Trump during the Republican primary, 333 minutes on him. And really, I mean, five times as much coverage on him as these terrorist attacks. And, and frankly, more coverage by the major networks, at the very least, on Prince's death. The artist- Is she complaining right now about the amount of coverage Donald Trump got during the campaign, which was largely what propelled him to the nomination? That's what I hear happening. Well, you guys, you guys gave Donald Trump way more coverage than sometimes of the terrorist attacks. You're admitting that you were not treated unfairly by the media, which is a claim you make constantly. You're admitting to their part in giving you $2 billion in free media coverage. And she continues. Name Prince. Tyndall then covers the, then the, evening, the three network evening news broadcasts. Well, that's, that's not right, reflective they do. of the. That's not reflective. No, of the I understand, media. but I'm trying to tell you. You're asking me why he said this, and I'm I'm responding well, to the question. Your spin the, about the idea that we don't want to be inured to that. That's that's a lovely spin, but that's not what he was saying, Kellyanne. He was saying the media does not cover these stories because we don't want to cover them because we have some sort of agenda. That's what he was suggesting, and it's offensive given the fact that CNN and other media organizations have reporters in danger right now in war zones covering ISIS. And I just don't understand how the president can make an attack like that. There's, there's no question about that. Well, first of all, I want to tell you, I don't intend it as spin. I'm crediting the cat coverage that CNN and your colleagues across the media gave to these um, high-profile and high-casualty, very sad, very vicious attacks. They're on the list of undercovered attacks. Yeah as were dozens and dozens of others. But I do know what the president's point was because I've discussed it with him directly. And it's that we, we need to make sure that people understand that what was stated by Hillary Clinton, Secretary Clinton, in her convention speech, these are our determined enemies, is a really light way of referring to radical Islamic terrorism. He's willing to name it. And it was a big piece of his campaign. And frankly, Jake, if you look at the polls, including CNN's polls, national security and terrorism were important issues to many Americans. He made it a point to show real distinction there. And he wants to show a point as president in the real distinction because there seems to be some coverage these days, maybe not here, but definitely elsewhere, that somehow terrorism is not is not a big problem or somehow national security is all... You know, is all taken care of, and that's just uh, not true. And I think when you're talking about his extreme vetting, he is making the point that that is in response to the threat of terrorism globally. I don't, I don't know who is making the case that terrorism is not a serious problem, though I do appreciate your citing a, a CNN poll. Uh, President Trump was clearly saying that the media does not cover terrorist attacks that we clearly cover, and he was saying we don't do it because we don't want to do it, and because we have some sort of ulterior motive in that. That's not what you're saying right now, but that is what he's saying. Yeah, what JTAP just said. Good for him, <laughs> that last bit. And we got another clip to play from this 25-minute interview. But good for him for calling it exactly like it is. That's not what you're saying now, Kellyanne. Yeah. But that is what Donald Trump said. So this is Kellyanne Conway toned down, though. Oh, it, yeah. It, she still is who she is. But this is a more timid Kellyanne Conway than I think we're used to seeing where she was almost watching what she was saying and kind of tiptoeing around, not wanting to directly insult the network, not wanting to directly insult the news media. Right. But she still is saying things that are wrong. Well, I think relative to that, I think that she's trying to mine her P's and Q's because she's become the headline. Mm -hmm. She's getting attention for her and taking it away from Donald Trump, and he doesn't like that. He needs to be the one in the spotlight, for good or bad. Right. He's the child who needs attention, whether it be for breaking the cookie jar or for getting a report card with good grades. Right. Well, and we still have her saying things like, well, I think what he means here is... Right. And... Again, maybe have a little chat ski with the Donald Trump ski <laughs> and ask him to speak more clearly. Yeah. Because. Yeah, you could have rhymed that. Clearly ski. So <laughs> I, I'm sick of hearing it. I'm yeah. sick of hearing the, you know, this is what he meant to say, whatever. And again, she's criticizing how much time they spent covering Prince because they should have been covering 
terrorism. It's like they want terrorism to constantly be on the TV so they can constantly have the American people in a state of fear and convince them that this Muslim ban or whatever else they want to do is what's best for the country. Because when you have people fearing, that's, right. th that's the best time to take advantage of them and to push through what you want. And it's always they revise what he said. Because he didn't say undercovered. He said not covered. And then they produced the list, and it's seriously on the screen. There, it was just a screen filled with different screen live screenshots, like running video screenshots of CNN reporting at the site of terror. So they certainly don't ignore terror attacks. Come on, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's absurd. Well it's just a fucking lie. Well, it's also not best for their ratings, right? Because other news organizations are going to be covering the terrorist attack. Right. And people want to see what's going on. Yeah, people want to see Anderson Cooper in Orlando covering the terrorist attack. Yes. They they want to see whoever's on the ground that they that they like reporting on what's going on. I mean, it's absurd. This claim is absurd. Well, the other clip the, the other clip from the 25-minute interview little shorter, and this is really dealing with the lies and the relationship with the media. Kellyanne Conway is going to give this anecdote about some reporter who called her at her daughter's play. Again, kind of diverting and, and not talking about what the topic at hand, just creating some weird narrative. And Jake, he does what he does best. Um, just last week, just last week, while I was surrounded by a firestorm, a very prominent editor, very prominent editor who's a, a contributor on a different cable news station, very prominent editor of a left-leaning um, site, uh, outlet, emailed me and said, I'm about to run a story about your tweet on the Holocaust Remembrance Statement, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to respond. And I literally, I was at my daughter's play, and I, uh, she was Annie and Annie, she was very good, and I, and I emailed back, I said, did I tweet about that? And then he emailed back and he said, uh, I'm so sorry. I'm hanging my head in shame. You carry on helping to run the country. That was a fake account. There's like, I'm told there's 10, 12, 15 parody accounts on Twitter about me and people, mm. you know, responsible. Now, I could have so lived it just, him So up. It, it never aired. Well, it never ran. Right. But remember, because I stopped And the bigger it, issue with the Holocaust Remembrance Day statement, well, but, of course, no, was no, that no, it didn't but, mention you Jews. Know, you're talking about fake news. It's the presumptive negativity about us. It's always believing there's something negative. There's there's some nefarious motive. It didn't motive. run. I can't really some, I can't really work out much sweat about wait, a story wait, that didn't did, run. Hold on, it didn't run because I got in the middle of it. But I'm not revealing his name because I know firsthand what it's like to have all the haters descend upon you. And I didn't I'm glad that his reporter name. did his job and reached out to you before well, publishing anything. Not everybody but, I mean, does. There's I'm, an article I, in the daily. There's an article in the Daily Call this week that I commend to everyone, which basically says before she says what she's going to say, the Daily Caller is a right wing skewed source. It is decidedly biased. It's not like a, they don't have journalistic standards there. The media's errors are starting to pile up in the Trump administration. It lists six or seven things that were said as fact that are just wrong and people had to retract them. That's human nature, but it has to go How about the president's ways. statements, Kellyanne? How about the president's statements that are false? Like the murder rate is the highest it's been in almost half a century. False. How about the fact that the media doesn't report on terrorist attacks? false i mean you can talk about some jerk with some website making a mistake or almost making a website well, this is the friend of ours all right he's a very sweet guy <laughs> but the, the, you can talk about somebody make almost making a mistake and not doing it i'm talking about the president of the united states saying things that are not true demonstrably not true that is important and arguably more important than whoever reached you at your daughter's play well are they are they more important than the many things that he says that are true that are making a difference in people's <laughs> lives. I just think we want coverage of that as well. They distract from them. They distract if from the things covered, he says. They... Oh, my God. So, so, it's unbelievable. So what she's saying is, <laughs> well, are they more important than all the, the, the things that he says that are true? Yeah. What do we, why are you focusing on the lies, the massive <laughs> lies that he says when he says some true stuff too, Jake? How dare you, Jake? Donald Trump says some true stuff once in a while. Why don't you talk about that and completely ignore the lies that a president of the beacon of the free world yeah, well, decides since, to spout off? Since Kellyanne wants to talk about her kids now, uh, she didn't want to before, but now she does, apparently. Right. Um, how would she feel if she tried to 
you know, give her daughter a consequence for, let's say, lying. And her daughter said, Mom, why are you focusing on this lie that I just told? I tell the truth 90% of the day. <laughs> okay. Most of the time, right. I'm telling the truth, but you're focusing on this one lie. That seems unreasonable to me, Mom. Well, listen, in a court of law, <laughs> in a court, we should get one of our lawyer friends in here because I'm sure they would say that when you perjure yourself yeah. in a trial... And they bring you up on perjury charges. Right. That's a very valid defense. He's just say, well, listen, I said a lot of things during the trial, Your Honor. Yeah. Everything else was true. You can't convict me on the one lie that I told. I heard it's actually based on a calculation. <laughs> it's just, it's a ratio. Yeah. <laughs> How many lies compared to the truth? Yeah. Well, she continues. Do. And I think, look, I think I was handed um, a, a fact sheet that perhaps the president was referring to when he talked about that today with the sheriffs, which, by the way, was an unbelievably productive, moving listening session that I attended. But when he talks about the 47 years and the rate, I'm handed the information, I think you referred to it as well, that we have had an increase from 2014 to 2015. Yeah, I said that. In rapes and murders and assaults. I'm probably looking at the same data you are. And so he may have heard it's that FBI, about it's a particular It's FBI crime city. reports, but it's FBI. It's to say that there was a spike in murder rates in between 2014 and 2015 is true. To say, and to say and we need to bring that down and we need to have law and order, all that fine. He said it's the highest murder rate in 47 years and the media doesn't report it. And again, Kellyanne, the media doesn't report it because it's a lie, because it's not true. And for the president to say that is is I can't even I can't even wrap my head around it. I'll give you the last word and then I know you have to go. No, we're not getting get over the, the last word. I'm going to take the last word. Good for you, Jake Tapper, for calling it what it is. He didn't pull a Chuck Todd and ref, and refuse to say the word lie and instead substitute falsehood, which is so much more palatable. He said it's a lie. It is a lie to assert, which is the topic we're going to get to next. Trump's claim that the murder rate is at a 47-year high. It is absurd. Yeah, and you can take a look at this graph. Uh, I posted it on my Facebook page today. I guess I'll share it to the I Doubt It page. That's probably where I should have put it to begin with. No, it's gonna, you're going to get flooded now with friend requests. <laughs> well, okay. And it's, it's not true. And in fact, uh, Jeff Sessions, who was confirmed repeated this right At r the first thing he does when he gets to be attorney general of the united states officially is, is stir up fear is fucking lie and stir up fear and lie <laughs> <laughs> but he probably told the truth most of the day if we're being honest oh well you know then they good on him yeah that's good so he also said <laughs> that this increase in crime is quote-unquote a dangerous permanent trend uh, so he even took it further like we're all gonna be killed by homicide it's an uptick Last year. A permanent trend of increasing homicide. So here's going to be the clip, and here's going to be some fact-checking on that claim. And yet the murder rate in our country is the highest it's been in 47 years, right? Did you know that? 47 years. I used to use that. I'd say that in a speech, and everybody was surprised. Because the press doesn't tell it like it is. It wasn't to their advantage to say that. But the murder rate is mm -hmm. the highest it's been in... I guess from 45 to 47 years. All right, let's begin here with Brian Stelter, our CNN media correspondent. You know, Brian, I remember him saying this on a trail as candidate Trump. You know, it, it, it's wrong. Where is he getting these numbers? That's right. It was fact-checked and debunked during the campaign. Uh, now he's saying it again to these law enforcement officials invited to the White House today. And he's saying the press isn't telling it like it is. While, in fact, Trump's not telling it like it is. Uh, the truth is the murder rate in 2015 was 4.9 per 100,000 people in the U.S. Uh, that is up uh, a bit from 2014. In fact, it was the single greatest year-over-year -year increase uh, in a number of decades between 2014 and 2015. So Trump would be right to say that there's been a record year-over-year -year increase in the murder rate. However, the, the main point here, I think the more important point, is that the murder rate remains relatively low uh, when you look at decades of data, much lower than in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. Uh, we have been blessed in the United States to have a relatively low murder rate for a number of years. So Trump is wrong when he says it's at a 45 or 47-year high. All right. So now we have the facts. The absolute facts on the FBI crime statistics. 
provided by the Justice Department, which Jeff Sessions now heads. Now I'm going to juxtapose it. That's normal media coverage. That's the media coverage we should yearn for. Holding our elected officials accountable for their words and their deeds and their actions. Here is a Fox Business interview. This isn't Fox Business, but we'll drop the Fox News sounder anyway. This is an interview with a law enforcement official who met with Donald Trump and listen to how they postulate this entire this entire fiasco. Let's take this to the man who sat next to the president. He's National Sheriff's Association president. He's Sheriff Greg Champagne. He's with me now. Sheriff, how do you feel about the media focusing on Donald Trump's mistake there rather than what's happening in our inner cities? Well, I think... As- and I'm going to stop it there and we're going to let it play. But I, I also want to let you know that I'm sure the audience is aware that inner city is quote code for where black people live. Urban centers is code for where black people live. So there's a whole lot of kind of racist undertones throughout this entire minute 17 that's left. We've seen it's become quite common for them to, to, to focus on any type of uh, misstatement or, or pick a, a fact, which is one small part of the entire conversation yesterday. You know, what would happen? <laughs> one small part of the conversation. What happens when President Obama lies or says something that's inaccurate? Do they complain that the media is jumping all over him right. and correcting or, or fact-checking him? Well, is, I, well, one, I don't know that, that Obama... Position? I don't know that Obama ever did anything to the level that Donald Trump does. Like he may have gotten something wrong or picked a statistic that could have been looked at a different way, but he never came out and just fucking lied. Right. But I'm saying, is would this have been their reaction? Oh, of course When not. the media engaged in a fact check situation with the president? No. Why are you nitpicking a minor error that he made? Minor error. <laughs> Ugh. But I think if you go back and look at the president's statement when he said that the murder rate, the murder rate was higher than it's been in 47 years, technically it's correct. He, may, he maybe could have said it a little more clearer because, as you indicated, from 2014 to 2015 calendar years, the rate of increase in murders was higher. Now, the total number of murders, of course, is not higher than it was 47 years ago, but the rate dramatically increased during those two years. And so, technically, he was correct. It would have been better if he could have been a little more clear about it, but it was not an incorrect statement. You know, it's sort of like the judges in the Ninth Circuit saying, well, what proof do you have that there's terrorism coming out of these seven failed cities? And, you know, the president's making a mistake about, you know, the rate of crime. Uh, it's about treating victims like rounding errors. I mean, two-thirds of the big city homicide increase in 2015 came in cities. You know the sheriff, Orlando, Cleveland, Nashville, Milwaukee. I mean, we're talking about cities like Baltimore, where the inner cities are out of control with crime right now. That's what the president is focusing on. We know there's been mistakes that the administration has made, but there are broad Zoom problems that, are, that the administration is trying to deal with. So she is upset Why is the other media that is actually doing their goddamn jobs, why are they trying to get in the way of Donald Trump ginning up enough fear that the American people support whatever draconian measures, like sending the troops in to Chicago? This is absurd. Well, the next clip deals with it, and it's Rick Santorum being asked about this he says an odd thing related to it. He doesn't seem to jump right on board with the Donald Trump lie, but he certainly forgives it. On that point, I do want to uh, turn the corner here and and talk about something that the president said yesterday that was just patently untrue. And if you could just, Senator Santorum, again, weigh in on this. As you know, the president said that the, the, the murder rate is the highest that it has been in more than four decades. Let's pull up the chart. Uh, and show everyone what we're talking about here. The U.S. murder rate is actually half of where it was four decades ago. What do you want to hear, Senator, from the president on this? 
Well, the president has campaign, campaigned on the fact that he was going to bring law and order back to the country. And you're right. The, the overall rate of murders has gone down. A lot of that is, frankly, demographic. The, the country is getting older. And, and, and part of that is, as I mentioned, demographic. But no, part of it is the fact that people like Rudy Giuliani and others, uh, you know, put in programs of policing that were much more aggressive in community policing. And, and Listen to him try to avoid the question. He does not have any idea what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. should just say that. And yeah, you save know everybody. <laughs> Treat it like a game show. Pass. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not I'm not qualified to answer this. Sorry. Yeah, you, you guys know I'm dumb, right? Why are you <laughs> putting me on the spot like this? And it's had a, a positive impact on crime. But you can't ignore the horrible violence that we're seeing in many of our major cities. And <laughs> okay, it's, but doesn't it's very it do disturbing. a disservice, oh Senator? God. Doesn't it do a disservice to the American people and actually the argument about how do you bring down in cities like Chicago to say something that is just absolutely not true to say that the murder rate in this country this is a quote is the highest it has been in 47 years yeah. it is not it is it is I, it is I, half look, of that I, I I'm not going to defend Donald Trump's recitation of the facts and a lot of things I think Trump speaks more from emotional and how he's feeling about certain things than he does necessarily being bound by all the facts uh, and, and he speaks from his emotional, how he's feeling about things, than being bound by all the facts. That's what we want in a commander-in-chief. That's what we want in someone who is to enforce the laws. Is how he's feeling from day to day about something. Not about, shouldn't he feel about something based on what the fucking facts are? Well, it almost seemed like Rick Santorum started off on the right foot because he was saying, well, Donald Trump ran as the law and order candidate. And in my mind, I thought his comment was going to go. So it's in his best interest, really, right. to convince us that he's been successful as a law and order president to lie to us that the <laughs> murder rate is really high. Right. And then lie to us and say it's it's down. Yeah. After that, he's been president for a while. Who, maybe that's what he's going to try to do. <laughs> the, there's like 30 seconds left. We'll let it round out. Is that a you know, we've had that. Sitting, just, I, 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 do, I do believe that's that's one of uh, one of his uh, characteristics. Uh, it's not a strong one. It's not one that uh, that helps him in, in, in the debate. <laughs> but I really? think his point that we're seeing a lot of violence and we're seeing cities out of control. And you look at a city like Chicago and you see violence, you know, markedly up and murder rates up. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's what he's referring to. Again, with the I think that's what he's referring to. Well, if that's what he's referring to, then he needs to specify Chicago. We shouldn't have to have a a a, a, a brigade of Trump whisperers <laughs> every time the president says something. Yeah. And again, I, I really think it's important that people recognize that these are scare tactics, okay? Yeah, yeah. And I just found these numbers, and they're from Michael Rothschild, from an emeritus professor at the University of Wisconsin, and he calculated some numbers based on the actual risks that we face. Oh, yeah. So this isn't based on, you know, reporting. Or how he's feeling. Or how people <laughs> feel, Okay. So he calculate the risk to be uh, one in six million. Okay, this is the risk of dying in a plane hijacking, assuming you fly four times a month and hijackers destroy one plane every year. And they note here, just to be clear, since 9-11, hijackers have not destroyed any flights in the U.S. So one in six million is your risk if you fly four times a month and one plane is destroyed every year. Yeah. One in 7,000. The risk of dying in a car accident in any given year. One in 7,000. Why aren't people posting about car accidents every day? Oh, yeah. And about how scared they are. One in 600, the risk of dying from cancer in any given year. Wow. Okay. That kind of does give me pause. Holy shit. So people are focusing you on... You have broccoli over there? I want to start eating some broccoli. <laughs> people are focusing on the terrorism right. angle when... Come on now. The and, risk, and the same thing could be said of the crime rate. The risk, in reality, it, it's not tremendous yeah. to steal a word from our presidents. Yeah, right. You should be more afraid of car accidents or dying of cancer. Okay, 
Again, <laughs> hand me the broccoli. You just look defeated right now. We have some pomegranate juice. I heard that's good for you, right? Yeah, the pomegranate seeds. The, they kill free radicals, whatever the hell a free radical is. And they have a lot of fiber. You have any antioxidants over there? Like <laughs> just like a bottle of it? I'll go get you some of my vitamin C gummies from Costco. So listen, they're in the same meeting, Donald Trump was wrapping up and asking them if they had any questions. The sheriffs, the law enforcement officials in this meeting, and Trump said something. That was odd. He talked about destroying someone's career who disagrees with them in the room. And the odd thing is not necessarily how it comes across in audio. Because we're going to put this on the page. Because in audio, it sounds like he told a joke and everybody laughed. But when you watch it, he looks almost taken off guard that they laughed and took it as a joke. I think he really meant what he said. Would anybody like to make a statement? Yes, sir. On the asset forfeiture, we've got a state senator in Texas that was was talking about introducing legislation to require conviction before we could receive that forfeiture money. And I told him that the cartel would build a monument to him in Mexico if he could get that legislation. Who's the state senator? Do you want to give his name? We'll destroy his career. (laughs) (laughs) That is a sitting president. He still doesn't have the un- any understanding whatsoever of the weight and the import that his words carry. Yeah, it's not a funny joke. He's talking about, he's joking about ruining someone's career, and not in a private moment. There are cameras, flashes clicking away. What in the, what have we done, America? Well, here's what disturbs me anytime I see this this clip or any of these clips where he's talking to the press at this table and there's a panel of people seated behind him. I don't know who they are. Usually Omarosa's back there. Yeah. Kellyanne Conway's sometimes back there. So I'm assuming there's some sort of counselors to the president, whatever they are. And he'll say these stupid things and they'll kind of just sit back there and smirk. And it's confusing to me because I think that we want more from our president and his employees than to constantly think he's a funny guy and absolutely display his, his power, right. And make these jokes. It's not entertaining. This isn't a reality show. You're literally the president now. Please stop. Yeah, definitely not a reality show. All right. We're going to finish with the Ivanka Trump stuff. Donald Trump came out and he lashed out against Nordstrom because Apparently, the grab your wallet campaign is working and people stopped buying her shitty foreign made clothes and Nordstrom decided and Neiman Marcus decided, yeah, we're not going to carry that anymore. It's not selling. It's not in our financial and business best interest to do so. It's against the fiduciary responsibilities that we have to our shareholders to carry product that's not selling, even though it has the Trump name on it. Would you like me to read his tweet? Uh, yeah, read it before. I think they read it in their article, but let's, let's get it out on the table. My daughter, Ivanka, has been treated so unfairly by at Nordstrom. He tagged them. She is a great person, always pushing me to do the right thing. Terrible. Uh, so Nordstrom should have kept the clothes on the floor, on the sales floor, because she's a good person. That doesn't sound like how business works. I mean, I've watched enough enough shark tank to know <laughs> that uh it's not about how nice you are it's about business it's about the dollars it's about the how much money you can make well that's what i thought it was about too because i've seen a couple episodes of celebrity apprentice and that's what donald trump's approach was to firing people our money lead now a new tweet from president trump is the subject of today's conflict of interest watch last week the department store chain nordstrom announced it is dropping the clothing and shoes line of the first daughter, Ivanka Trump, citing declining sales that came after boycotts such as the Grab Your Wallet campaign, which asks consumers to avoid brands owned by the Trump family. Today, Nordstrom repeated this was strictly a business decision. The product wasn't selling. Earlier today, however, the president tweeted from his own account and then retweeted from the official POTUS account that you pay for, quote, my daughter Ivanka has been treated so unfairly by Nordstrom. She is a great person, always pushing me to do the right thing terrible 
Let us place to the side for a second the fact that the president of the United States has now spent more time dressing down a clothing retailer than he has Vladimir Putin. Several ethics experts worry about President Trump using the power of his office to go after any company that made a fiduciary decision simply because it impacted his daughter, and he doesn't think it's fair because she's a great person. Today, the White House responded saying the president had every right to slam Nordstrom. This was less about his family business and an attack on his daughter. For someone to take out their concern with his policies on a family member of her, his is just is not acceptable. Even though the brand still carries her name, Ivanka last month announced she's taking a leave of absence from her apparel and accessories brand and the Trump organization. Oh, and by the way, Nordstrom stock today was up 4%. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Nordstrom's just doing fine. Right. Two things. One, in the tweet, the other thing is that she always pushes me to do the right thing. So we have a president who needs to be pushed to do the right thing because that's not as natural. That's not, you know, water rolls downhill. That's the natural flow of water. Uh-huh. Doing the right thing is not the natural flow for Donald Trump. He needs to be pushed and redirected that way. Give a little push. By his own mouth, that's what he's saying. Yeah. The other thing is a reporter did some digging. And at the time that this tweet went out... On Donald Trump's White House schedule, the official White House schedule, he was in the middle of a national security briefing. (laughs) So I'm glad that he's got his fucking priorities straight. Yeah, he's really focused and is able to pay attention in meetings, it sounds like. He really cares about terrorism and the safety of America, not... Ivanka's shitty clothing that are not selling at Nordstrom and Neiman Marcus. Well, so he was daydreaming about Ivanka in this meeting. <laughs> well, that makes sense. That does make a lot of sense. All right. We're going to finish it with, again, a little juxtaposition about how the media covers Donald Trump, specifically Fox News. Kellyanne Conway once again was on the, the propaganda arm of all the propaganda networks and all the shows on the propaganda networks. Fox and Friends is about the most egregious offender. Kellyanne Conway was on with those clowns, and it was remarkable what went down. The act poll shows that uh, 91% of Republicans love Donald Trump. Favorability-wise. Basically because he keeps his promises. Everybody's just shocked Mm. that a businessman is about accountability and deliver. But you asked about Ivanka. I visited with her. We're going to stop there real quick. How is that? You know, a Quinnipiac poll, and 91% of Republicans love Donald Trump. <laughs> if Donald Trump was there, it would be hard to not have Steve Ducey just pulling down his pants and working his freaking junk right there on camera. <laughs> I, I am, it, it is remarkable that they have no shame whatsoever. Uh-huh. I mean, really, I thought I heard <laughs> sucking and slurping sounds. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Maybe I got a bad copy of the oh, audio. God. But I heard some slippery, slidey action. Okay. No? Yesterday. You know, this is a very Yikes. successful businesswoman twice. Obviously, she has she's stepped away from it now, but in the past, she's helped to run her family's a real estate empire. And, and, and on the side, she developed another fully... Uh, unbelievably entrepreneurial, wildly successful business that bears her name. Okay, we're going to stop it there, too. What are you saying, Kellyanne Conway? Ivanka Trump, with, who, whose father is a billionaire? She started a business from scratch? Oh, my God, how resourceful. How wonderful she must be to have done that all on her own from scratch. Start a company from the ground up. Was she given a small loan of a million dollars? Oh, fuck you. And I think she's gone from 800 stores to 1,000 stores or 1,000 places where you can buy. You can certainly buy her goods online. And she's just at a very good place. She's an incredibly confident, created, talented woman who also supports her father's presidency and realizes that there are bigger issues that he's going to tackle. And if she decides and it works for her family, she comes inside the White House here. She knows people like Dina Palomy will be working with her to help on women empowerment, women and girls. I do find it ironic that you've got some executives all over the Internet bragging about what they've done to her and her line. And yet yet they're using the most. 
prominent woman in uh, in Donald Trump's uh, you know most prominent right. he's, he's his daughter and and they're using her who's been a champion for women empowerment sure. women in the workplace uh, to get to him Just, so I uh, think people can see through that thirty go seconds. buy Ivanka's stuff is what I would say I'm gonna I'm gonna well, go, I there, hate shopping that, I'm gonna go get some on myself today there is that hashtag buy Ivanka right now but there is that hashtag grab your wallet is that behind some of this stuff. Well, some of it is, and we know where that came from, and that's been a, a huge failure. The good, goodness, they had a whole oh, election. Oh, such they a had failure. First female president, everybody thought, talking about that day and night. She had no message, no positive message. That was her message. That failed at the ballot box. And then they had a march saying the same thing the mm -hmm. day after he was sworn in as president. They're welcome to march, but what's coming of it in terms of, you know, commercial interest? So two things here again. What is she talking about? One she just slipped up and said that Bianca, or Bianca, <laughs> that Ivanka Trump is the most prominent woman in Donald Trump's life. Well, that's a slip up. Shouldn't, it? shouldn't it be Melania, his fucking wife? Shouldn't that be? Shouldn't she be the most prominent woman in a man's life? Um... Not his adult daughter that he has multiple times said he wants to fuck. Well, he said that he would like to date her and also... Yeah, date. Yeah, because people... <laughs> Take her for a soda. That's right. Um, Take her down to the soda jerk and have a malt. <laughs> soda jerk, yeah. Um, yeah, it's... it's. I don't know what she was saying at the end there. She well, was... Go ahead. Sorry. She was saying just like a word salad. I, I don't know. She was talking about the Woman's March. This grab your wallet campaign had nothing to do with electing Hillary Clinton. I thought I thought it was a, a response to Donald Trump's comments about grabbing pussies. Hence the yes. grab the wallet name. Right. And it was pretty simple. Don't buy Trump products. And she's talking about how it didn't work. Right. No, it did work because Neiman Marcus has dropped Ivanka and Nordstrom has dropped Ivanka. It worked real, real well. And I heard that Macy's is talking about dropping Ivanka. Because it's not selling because people are not buying it. Because they grabbed their wallets because they don't like the pussies grabbed. Right. All right. Well, with that... We're leaving it there. How are we leaving it, Brittany? Well, I thought because we were... they don't like the pussies grabbed. Oh, what are we doing? Well, I was going to talk about Jason Chaffetz and nope. how, how that statement we'll broke the law. We're pushing it for next time. Okay. Thank you, guys. We love you. We appreciate you. If you'd like to support the show other than listening twice a week or as often as you do, go to dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. Support the show. You can also go buy one of the like maybe five mugs that we have left. Go do it. Dollamore.com slash shop. Get your mug. All right. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Nordstrom stock today was up 4%. <laughs> 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 <laughs>